Hey there, I'm Jess Jordana, copywriter and brand messaging strategist for online business owners and your host of the Feel Wealthy Show, the podcast that has basically nothing to do with any of that, but also everything to do with it at the same time. See, all of us listening are pursuing some version of more. Maybe it's why you started your business, or maybe it's why you find yourself constantly dreaming, what if? But in this pursuit of more, I've found that we're absolutely starving for examples of those of us who are soaking in, celebrating, or even just noticing the more that we hold right now. I believe you can have it all, and I believe I can too, but real talk, It rarely comes all at once, and quite frankly, magic is easy to miss in the making of it. So on the Feel Wealthy Show, I'm bringing you alongside myself and other successful people as we explore a tangible, concrete meaning of wealth that not only changes our lives, but also changes our days as we practice feeling it now instead of holding out hope for later. Hi, Kate. Thanks so much for joining me on the Feel Wealthy Show. I am so excited to chat with you. I'm so excited. Like we just said, it's like our Instagram friendship is now the real deal. Like we're hanging out, I mean, over Zoom, (laughs) but it's real and it feels awesome. I know for sure. We have been chatting for probably years via Instagram DMs, which honestly feels like decades on the internet. So I feel like we're very close, but this is the first time we're kind of having real conversation back and forth. And I am so excited because like I was telling you at the beginning of the podcast, a lot of listeners have said, if romanticizing your life was a podcast, it would be the Feel Wealthy Show. But I feel like if romanticizing your life was a person, it would be Kate. So I'm really excited to have your perspective on just what brings joy and abundance and presence to your life um, through the wealth that you're able to create. So to get us started, why don't you give us like the short version of who you are, what you do, and kind of how you got here? Yeah. Well, first of all, that is the nicest compliment I think I've ever gotten. Um, so thank you. Um, yeah, so yes, so to anyone I haven't met, my name is Kate. Um, and I just kind of have a unique little unicorn career that I'm very grateful for and I'm very proud of. But backstory is I'm a registered nurse, felt unfulfilled or not even unfulfilled, but that I wasn't in my zone of genius in the traditional medical setting. I felt more called to the kind of crunchy side of health, the more proactive side of health, talking about whole food nutrition and, you know, just really being an active participant in well-being. And I just didn't feel like I was getting that in my job. So I went back to get my doctorate in integrative health. Uh, And with that, you know, I felt called to share what I was learning And I started sharing it online, you know, just kind of evidence back yet more holistic ways that you could upgrade your health and well-being. And so did that on Instagram, did that on my blog and slowly but surely it grew. I'm now a top 15 Substack newsletter where I share, you know, realistic and holistic health information with also some like fun lifestyle content mixed in and I run a group health coaching program. So really it's a mishmash of many things that I love. I love writing. I love science. I love health, but I also love being realistic and a real person and not like, mm-hmm. you know, making health feel like this big overcomplicated thing. And, um, you know, I just feel like by combining all these passions and kind of a mix of things, like I do still have a quote unquote real job. I teach part-time 
for a university. That is also another part of me that loves academia and loves a more kind of traditional job. And so I have kind of a lot going on, but it's combined into this really beautiful, sweet spot where I just feel like I am where I'm meant to be. Yeah, I love that so much. And the reason why your journey and kind of where you're at right now really inspires me is because I feel like it would be really easy to tell yourself, oh, because I'm not all this one thing or because I'm not doing kind of something full force or whatever that it would be wrong. Like, I feel like a lot of people would make themselves wrong for that, but you just embrace it and you're just like, you know what? I like where I'm at right now. And this feels right to me right now, but you don't kind of require the answers of yourself of where you'll be in the future. Do you feel like that's been something that you've really had to cultivate or does that kind of come naturally to you? Oh my gosh. Well, this could be a therapy session, but I think for so long, I was ashamed of being multi-passionate and ashamed Mm. of being curious. And like, God, I miss the days when people would ask, what do you do? And I'd say, I'm a nurse. I work in a hospital. It was so clean. It was so easy, but like I was unfulfilled. I'm an Enneagram type seven. I'm a manifesting generator in human design. I am curious. I had the hardest time picking a college degree. I hear so many jobs or ideas or trips and I'm like, oh, I could do that. That could be great. And so, you know, for so long I stifled that and I'd be embarrassed when I'm like, oh, yep. You know, I have another job. I have another career. Mm -hmm. And what I was really doing was like chasing these many passions I had. Um, And I finally have like cultivated a career where I'm getting the many parts of myself in one place. Like I'm getting Mm -hmm. the creativity and the writing and the aesthetics of, you know, social media and sharing ideas. And then I'm also getting the academia and the you know, like using my expertise, I have my doctorate, like I'm utilizing that to really put my due diligence into researching my posts and I'm a college instructor. So I'm getting it there. And it's like, I held this long-term belief that like each of these hobbies and careers and passions that I have, I'm like, they're all going to make sense someday. Mm -hmm. And I just finally feel like within the last year, I've arrived at that place where I'm no longer seeking like, well, what if what if, what if maybe that's the job that will finally happy, or that's the thing that will finally do it. It's like, I've arrived. I feel that way kind of where each of these, you know, to some people, what they'd say, like, you know, random pivots or turns where they don't understand. I was following my internal compass and I knew I'd use the experiences of each of those things one day. And I feel like now within the last year, you know, entering my thirties, I do feel like it's just all those pieces are coming together where I'm like, I knew it would all make sense someday. Um, and I just feel like I've arrived, but I do appreciate you saying that because for a lot of my life and even still today, I do feel some shame around not having Mm -hmm. a clean, tidy, easy to understand career, but that's not what fills my heart. And so, you know, I appreciate you saying that. Yeah, of course. And I think like kind of to your point, it will all make sense someday. And don't children entering our life, like just kind of make everything make sense. So I feel like in this season with you even becoming a new mom and everything, like all of your things have allowed you to also be a present mom. And not to say that that is like easy or just a given or anything like that, but that's the season that you're in. And it kind of allows you to have the ability to 
where, I mean, I hate to use the cliche, but wear all of the hats that you really, really want to right now without having to fit into some sort of box. So I really, really love that. Okay. So I'm curious because you have like a, um, windy internet business story. When was the first time I'd really love to know when you like made money from the internet and you're like, Oh my gosh, like I did this, like, is this real kind of thing? When was the first time that it felt like that? Yeah. Well, it's funny. Cause I was just sharing on the old Instagram and I did have like a small, but mighty following, but I was in no way running a business. I was just sharing my life, but you know, I had mm-hmm. a little bit of a following I'm talking like five to 7,000. And so this was like pre-influencer era, but I remembered <laughs> I was doing a, like having a certain green juice and it was so expensive to buy. Like I was post-grad, I was, you know, living off pennies. And I was like, I wonder if I could get a free juice cleanse if I like, you know, kind of shared it or whatever. Mm-hmm. It wasn't sponsored in any way. I loved this company. I just wanted to share. And I remember like they had like 400 conversions or something. And again, I wasn't paid for wow. that, but it was kind of like a moment where I'm like, oh gosh, like people care what I have to say. People care what products I like, you know, whatever mm-hmm. it may be. And so I didn't really do anything with that. Um, but when I decided to go back to grad school, I was getting my doctorate in integrative health. So I'm investing thousands of dollars, Mm -hmm. three years of my time to get this degree in something that's kind of out there. You know, I think a lot more people are interested in more functional medicine, but, you know, most medical practices are still very much in the traditional model. And I'm in a small-ish town, Duluth, Minnesota is not that big. And I was Mm -hmm. worried about job security, to be frank. And so- I was like, okay, I don't know for sure if I'll get the job that I would want um, post-graduation. And so for me, starting to share online about health and like in a more concrete way was really job security and a backup plan of like, okay, I don't know if I'll get the job I want with my doctorate in where I live and at this time of life, but I will always bet on myself and I'd rather start creating a plan B that could become a plan A. Like I always held hope of like, maybe someday I'll own my own business. Maybe someday this won't be a side hustle, but Mm -hmm. really it was more so to build credibility online, gain a bit of an audience. And like, if I didn't get that job after school, which I realized a few years in that it was going to be hard for me to find that anyway, you know, modern medicine (laughs) practices, like providers only get 15 minutes with a patient, it's hard to do Mm -hmm. a holistic assessment and a whole practice the way I'd want to practice in that setting. And so like year two of my doctorate, I'm like, I think I'm more than likely going to be doing my own thing someday. Mm. Uh, And so for me, it started as like a, okay, a backup plan. And then I was making a little bit of money again. I didn't, I've never really taken sponsorships. They don't feel super aligned with me. But affiliate Mm -hmm. feels super aligned with me because it's things I genuinely use, love, spend my own money on. And then sharing that with a commissionable link, that feels very abundant to me because again, I'm not being forced to say anything. I genuinely use and love a product. I share a link or a code that refers people to that. And then I get a little bit of a kickback. So Mm -hmm. that's the only way I was really monetizing at that point. Um, And again, it was to pay for my tuition. So it's like, 
it was very motivating to be like, okay, I'm kind of building an option, a backup plan. It's helping pay my tuition. Um, but I always held a very long-term view. Mm -hmm. Like I would get so many kind of one-off sponsorship opportunities or we'll pay you 400 bucks to say this. And I'm like, no, I just felt Mm -hmm. very clear on like the long-term goal. I wanted my audience to trust me. Um, I still want them to trust me. I try to be authentic online. And so I'm very grateful to pass Kate for like, I could have just taken the quick buck and used that for my tuition and, you know, had kind of a flash in the pan, but I really did try to cultivate like a long-term goal. Um, And so that's just kind of my origin story, I guess. Yeah. I love that so much. I'm curious what your thought is. I have my own kind of like industry thoughts on why people trust you so much, but what do you think of what's your take on like your audience is like ride or die. And I just see it all the time, just like watching you. So I'm curious, like why you think that is, or like when you think that happened or any thoughts there. I know it's a meta question. (laughs) Yeah, I think, I think what I've just really tried to do, this is so cheesy. I almost even don't (laughs) want to say it, but I really have tried to be myself. And that goes for the snippets of my day I share to, you know, not wearing makeup, throwing up in a very real life moment, um, genuinely like buying the products that I say I use, showing that I have like, Hey, I'm on empty of this product. I genuinely use it and love it. Like, I think when you show up with integrity and honesty, people feel that. Mm -hmm. And so I really have tried to do that. I hope it comes across. I think it comes across, Uh, but yeah. And I think also I'm just a manic researcher in my own life. Like when Mm -hmm. I make a purchase and I'm sure we'll talk about this more today, just like abundance mindset, but Mm -hmm. I am someone who will scroll through like 19 pages of items to find V1. Mm. And so I genuinely do feel like when I have a recommendation, it really is great instead of like, Mm -hmm. oh yeah, I got this random one here. It's fine. It's good. I'm like, you guys, I like a pill organizer that I shared this week. Mm -hmm. I'm like, you guys, I found the pill organizer of all organizers. And I spent like a half an hour researching it. But I think then when I'm quote unquote, promoting it again, it's just a commissionable link. I'm not being sponsored, but Mm -hmm. I'm genuinely excited about it because I'm genuinely excited about it. And I think that trans. So yeah, I don't know. I'm not sure. You know, I I'm honored that you said you think people trust me. I I hope so. Cause I do try to show up with integrity as much Mm -hmm. as I can while also in this new chapter of my life, trying to also cultivate more boundaries around what I share. And Mm -hmm. that has been a little bit of a dance for myself. Cause it's like, now that I'm a mom, I kind of have that mama bear energy and I'm keeping like my home life and my marriage and, you know, my son more sacred and trying to find that balance in between. Like, I want to share, I want to like show my day-to-day life while also protecting my peace and like the ones I love the most. So Mm -hmm. that's been something that I'm kind of, you know, thinking about, I guess. Yeah. I think too, it's like, I mean, it's just the anchoring to the intention and everything. It's like seeing your, 
social media presence in light of the long-term goal. It's seeing even how you share your family in light of your long-term goals for your family and things like that. So I think that's where sometimes people get kind of swept up into like the influencer culture or whatever, because they maybe don't have that vision setting out for it, or they forget to anchor themselves to that vision. But I think that that is really something that I've noticed in you as well. So let's dig into, has there been anything that you've struggled with in terms of like money mindset or anything like that throughout your journey? Yeah, totally. So I think kind of twofold, like personal and professional, I would say Mm -hmm. personal, I grew up in a household that was like money. I was just very aware of money. We always had enough, but I knew we didn't have much more than enough. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I think with that, you know, like paying my own way through college, having to pay for gas in my car in high school, when all my friends got their gas for free or like having Mm -hmm. to pay for my prom dress so that I was on eBay finding it. Like I've always been very aware of the value of a dollar. And so I think that led, I do still think I have this a little bit too, of just like, Oh, what, well, what if it all goes away? What if there's not enough? Mm. What if, you know, money is tight, but in the same breath, I feel like I've always had a very abundant energy with like, even paying my way through college where money was very tight. Mm -hmm. I still feel like I made I made the money work for like the life I wanted. Like I could afford to go once a week with friends and I prioritized it and it was so fun. And I trusted that more money would come in. And, you know, I've always had that belief that more money was going to flow to me, Mm -hmm. but, um, and like, I was never really waiting for some day to enjoy my money, I guess. Like, even though Mm. I was very strategic, I had a budget. I am very weary of debt. I, worked my butt off to like not graduate with a ton of student loans or anything like that. I was still enjoying the little money I had uh, in those moments. So Mm -hmm. now that, you know, I'm out of college and an adult, I do still feel that kind of like, Ooh, like that lack mindset pop up or more so that I have to be keeping track of every dollar to know that I'm quote unquote safe. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's something I've worked on, but I really have always felt joy in spending money how I want to, both the logical ways of spending money and the more kind of like abundant ways of spending money. Mm -hmm. Um, Professionally, I think with money, you know, one thing that has been interesting is for the last five years, I was sharing information on my blog for free. And I mentioned, I don't really do sponsorships. Well, that is the way newsflash people. That is the way most bloggers make money. And so since I wasn't taking paid posts, I would, the way I would monetize the time and effort it took me to write these posts was by incorporating affiliate links. Well, that's fine, but it's not really that substantial. Um, And again, like there's, who's going to sponsor me? Like big vitamin D, like there's no you know, big companies, when I'm wanting to talk about forest bathing and grounding, like who, who's yeah, going to pay dirt, for <laughs> you know, exactly. So I think I was just noodling for a long time of just like, I'm going to keep showing up. I'm going to keep serving. I'm going to keep writing here. And like someday this will all make sense because mm. it is, I, I know a lot of people listening, like, I won't say it's a lot of work. Like I've worked in an ICU. I know there's a lot harder jobs, 
but it is work. It does take time. It does take effort. And I really do try to create quality content. So it takes me hours for a single post. And so to like, not maybe make 20 bucks in affiliate commission off of it just wasn't sustainable. Mm -hmm. So then I discovered Substack. And for those that aren't familiar, Substack is where readers that like your work support it with a few dollars a month or whatever the membership is to get your work. And I saw that and I was like, ding, 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 ding. Like, this is it because I can write about the things that are impossible to do affiliate links or monetize in any way, like grounding, like forest bathing, like vitamin D, Mm -hmm. but Mm -hmm. I'm being supported by the readers. And I think the mindset shift that again, I felt super aligned about it. I knew it was what I wanted to do, but to go from serving content on my blog for free to all of a sudden like, Oh, there's a paywall on this post. You know, I have gotten most people have been very supportive and like right. all about it, which is great. But of course there's people that are like, why is there a paywall on this? Like, you mm-hmm. know, and I, I get that, but I think for me, it was just more so like, look, I'm a mom, I'm a college instructor. Time is already short. I can't spend hours creating a post for free or for 20 bucks anymore. So if you enjoy my work, I would be honored and privileged and I will show up for you if you give a few dollars a month to me. And so to me, stepping into that new role has taken some mental unpacking because accessibility is important to me and I do want to create free content. And so I do, I do two posts for free per month, one to two, and then the rest have a paywall. And that is my thank you to the paid readers. But again, it was, it's an interesting shift. And I'm sure some listeners are resonating, like something that you've done for free in the past when you want to start charging for it, mm-hmm. it can bring up a lot of stuff. Oh, for sure. Yeah. And I think that there's this like faulty kind of mindset that gets morphed for those of us who build a business, like from our passion, it's like, what would you do if like, nobody would pay you? And it's like, okay, sure. Like, what do you enjoy? But yes. are you actually going to do that and forego doing all other things that would actually support your life, make you money, all of that kind of stuff? Probably not for an extended period of time. So I think like that has just been planted in a lot of passionate people's minds in terms of like, well, maybe I should do this if I really want to serve people or if I really want to, um, if, if this really was my passion, then I would do it for free kind of thing. And I just think that that is very, very faulty. But I also feel like the cool thing that Substack allowed you to do was it wasn't just money for the sake of making money. It was finding a way to make the money the way that you wanted to, the way that you wanted to serve readers and create content and all of that kind of stuff. Yeah. And I think that's what I wish people would maybe, the people that are more resistant to the Substack would realize it's like, I could have been making way more money doing blog and charging money for each post. But it's like, to me, I wanted to write about what I want to write about. I want to give opinions on random products, like a pill organizer that I would never get a sponsorship for. I want to share honest, authentic recommendations, health insights, a recipe without having to say like, how am I going to get a sponsor for this? This is sponsored by this frying pan. Like (laughs) no one wants to read that. And I don't want to write that. And so Substack was this answer of like, oh, I can monetize what I love to do the way I love to share in a way that feels aligned to me because I'm not being paid by a company to say a certain thing. I'm being paid Mm -hmm. by 
a reader to write in the way that I write. And that is so Mm -hmm. cool to me. Yeah. And to improve their life through the content that you know is actually going to improve their life because you, yeah, I could go on and on about that, but okay. Let's get into, we've kind of touched on it a little bit, but I want to get into your feel wealthy list because I'm worried that we're not going to have enough time to hear all of the juicy day-to-day life Kate thinks. So for, if you're just listening to us for the first time, the feel wealthy list is essentially a list that I created in my notes app to try and help me feel the wealth that I was creating now instead of waiting for it for later. So what went in my notes app was totally random. It was what are the tangible everyday things that make me feel abundant, elevated, excited about my day-to-day or my moments? So it could be a gold necklace. It could be cinnamon in my iced coffee. It could be truly anything, but it had to be tangible and it had to be something that I had right now instead of something that I wanted in the future. So I am so excited to hear about yours. Can you give us number one on your feel wealthy list? Yeah. So the first thing I thought of is investing in art I truly love. And so, you know, I know a lot of people like don't really care about home decor or their house and that's totally fine. I feel like Ramit Sethi, who of I Can Teach You To Be Rich, he always talks Mm -hmm. about like, what do you love to spend money on? And for me, I love to spend money on my home decor, you know, and then this kind of feel wealthy element is Mm -hmm. investing in small artists that I love. I love their work. Like I would rather spend a few hundred dollars on a piece of art. Like to me, that sounds crazy to say, or it used to, Mm -hmm. but I'm like, oh, I would rather buy that one time have like an heirloom piece that I love. And the first piece I invested in was a Catherine Corden piece that I got my husband for Valentine's day. Mm -hmm. And Catherine is a friend of mine and so talented. And so like, I loved her. I loved her vision. I loved her work. I wanted to like capture that life stage in a painting. And I invested, I'm like, oh my gosh, I just spent $700 on a piece of art. Mm-hmm. And then every single day since I got it, I I noticed that piece. I look at it, it makes me happy. And so um, one thing I started doing is in my savings app, like I said, I'm, I enjoy spending my money, but I'm very mm-hmm. diligent about it. And so I yes. put aside $5 per week into an art savings account. And then like, once every, you know, two-ish years, I'll invest in a piece from like, you know, a like a custom commission piece from an artist that I find very talented. So I just got a new piece from Christine Berkshire, I think is her last name. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, it, even it arriving and just seeing it in my house, I'm like, that is the piece I wanted there. Like I'd rather save up for two years and get exactly what I want than fill it with like some random piece that I found that didn't speak to my soul. Mm-hmm. And again, I know some people are hearing this. They're like, what? But like to me, art and beauty and aesthetics matter, especially in my home. Mm-hmm. And I think learning to invest in pieces, whether it's pottery, whether it's wall art, you know, custom, I'm looking at the light in my office right now. I got it made on Etsy from someone like just having yep. that connection yep. to like smaller makers more so than like a big box generic item is one way that I feel very wealthy. Mm -hmm. I love that so much. And I feel like too, it's like this difference between like filling space or checking a box and actually like filling your life, your space, your field of vision with meaning, you know? And I think that that's like 
it's the difference between sitting down with your coffee and being like, oh, I'm drinking coffee or sitting down with your coffee and being able to stare at a painting and think like, oh my gosh, I'm so glad that I bought that. Like, that's just a different energy or thinking about passing it down to your kids or whatever. So I love that so much. And I feel like it is, it's hard to take the time and intention of that in our like over consumer culture to find what you love to kind of cultivate your own taste do you feel like your taste has I feel like you have a very defined taste but do you think that it has really like evolved over time or how have you really felt like you made the right purchases there yeah, that's a great question. I do think it has evolved over time, but I have always cared. Like I was the kid rearranging the furniture in my bedroom and making the magazine collage for like what spoke to me in that moment. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if you remember the viral TikTok like craze a year ago that was having you identify your personal style in three words. Oh yeah. And it was mm-hmm. clothing specific. And like for me, you know, I really sat with it and mine is like timeless quirky and earthy. Like that, those were the three words that kind of came to me. And so I Mm -hmm. think even, you know, with my clothing purchases, what I'm buying, I'm like, does this fit me? Does this fit Mm -hmm. my aesthetic? And so with art in the house, I do think what you said of like, I would rather wait for the piece than just buy something random. And it can be hard because I'm like, oh, I want to get something like I mentioned the Catherine Corden and the Christine Berkshire, but there was a Katie Gong wood sculpture that I have wanted forever. And I knew I wanted it above our um, bed frame, but it was expensive. And so Mm -hmm. for the last two years, I've just had a placeholder, a piece of art I already had, like generic from, you know, who even knows where sitting there. And I I just trusted and knew that like someday I would have that Katie Gong piece there. And like, it makes me happy every day now that it's there, but I waited for it. I saved for it. I put in $5 a week until I could get it. Mm -hmm. Um, and so, yeah, I love that question, but I think it is more so delaying the satisfaction of like, it is worth it in so many ways in your life to wait for what you truly want than Mm -hmm. spending, you know, I think again, I'm sorry if I'm taking this too deep, but it's been a big lesson for me of like, Mm -hmm. I used to buy the cheapest clothes. Like I would go to Target and just, oh, that's four bucks. That's four bucks, whatever. Add Mm -hmm. to cart, add to cart. Oh, it's fine. It's good enough. And I'd leave spending 80 bucks on 20 kind of random items that were all good enough. And then with time, I've realized, oh, I would rather buy like one nice cashmere sweater for 80 bucks. One item that I'll wear again and again and again than having 20 items that I just feel meh about. And don't get me wrong. I found items at Target that I love and are a hell yes. (laughs) But I just stopped spending money on like the cheap, good enough enough items and then waited to get one item I loved. And I honestly think I spend less money doing that in a weird way. Yes. I'm like furiously nodding my head over here because one, I don't think it can ever be too deep because I think everything that we do in life is so interconnected to like how we are learning and growing and like kind of who we are here to be. And I feel like the interesting thing with I've been on my own like style journey over the past year and I feel like I've become like a bouncer of my closet kind of like I'm like guarding the door like 
does this get to live in my closet or not? Versus like, oh, I'm just going to put all these clothes in here and hope that I can dress the way that I want or that I look right or whatever. It's so much more like, does this get to like be in my presence? Does this get to live in my world kind of thing? And I feel like that's such a a big mindset shift because I think it is typically like what you said. It's like, oh, I'll just pop out and buy like, a shirt or something for this event. And then we wonder why we're dissatisfied with everything we have, even though we have so much. And I think that it is such a, it's not just like something that changes how you get dressed or like that specific moment. It also changes like your mental load in your life. It changes your gratitude for things. And it just like shifts so much that it's not just about the shirt. It's about like, so much more than that. So I love that you mentioned that. Yeah, I totally agree. And like you said, it's about, cause when I was writing my feel wealthy list, so many of the things that came to my mind were like these bigger, more abstract things, but I love that you actually give the challenge of like, no, like tangible material items that are in your life. Cause then it challenged me to think like, what does actually kind of shift my energy? You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. there are so many things throughout our day, our habits, you know, the clothes we wear, you know, the water bottle we drink out of. It's like, if you have even one more ounce of enjoyment out of those things, the cumulative impact of that is like crazy. Mm -hmm. Yes, I totally agree. Okay. Before we move on to the second thing, I want you to share with us the app that you use for saving. Cause I know you're like an evangelist for the app. <laughs> yeah. No. Oh my God. I'm so glad you asked. Cause the app is called capital and you are right. I've ride or die for them forever. Um, but basically it's a savings app that like automates your savings. So you get to create what your savings account are. It doesn't just say savings. You can get so micro of like art I want to buy. It could be a trip to Hawaii. It could be home rental project. It could be student loans. So this is like, it automates it. So you can say, I want 2% of my paycheck to go here. I want to put $10 a week here. And as no matter how small it is, like I use this in college and I was literally putting like $2 a week in certain accounts, but I still, it kept yep. me connected to my long-term goals. Mm-hmm. And this was the app I used to set aside money for our wedding, set aside money for a down payment, set aside money for grad school tuition. It helped mm-hmm. me like get crystal clear on, what I was saving money for and like how much I wanted to go to each thing. Mm-hmm. And again, this is an example of like, I don't take sponsor posts, but capital has a refer a friend link that I've shared a zillion times where it gives people 25 bucks and I get 25 bucks, but mm-hmm. I'm sharing it from a true place of like, I love this app. Um, yeah. but yeah, it's called capital and I couldn't recommend it more. It's how I save for, you know, a certain clothing purchase I want or Christmas decor. I always do like a wedding account. So each summer we go to a lot of weddings. I will set aside Mm. money for like wedding gifts so that when my friends get married, I already have money set aside for their gift and can get them something that they would truly love. So yeah, it's just a really millennial Gen Z approved way of saving money where you set the terms and then it does it automatically, which is just really cool. Yeah, I love that. We actually used it for saving for our Christmas gifts this year because usually we like have a budget line item that we're like, oh, Christmas gifts, whatever. But it just didn't feel like set aside enough for us. And so this year we did that. And it is like 
a video game. Like I just love going in and I'm like, oh, how much money do I have saved kind of thing? Um, so we can definitely share that in the show notes. And it is an awesome way to just kind of make it fun and make it super intentional and specific. So, um, okay. Give us number two. I can't believe we're only at number two, but it, it's fine. Yeah, we're going. Go <laughs> um, okay. So I think for me, this one is tangible in a way, but yeah. I love investing in my health. Um, and this mm. is something I have room to grow in. Like, for example, I would love to get in my most abundant life. I'm getting like a weekly massage, right? Yeah. But in this yeah. stage of my life, it's not quite realistic. And so I think what I've learned is like, buying nice quality food, buying a quality supplement, you know, going to my naturopath, going to my doctor, investing in, you know, labs and those things. That is one way I feel very abundant because it can suck to spend money on health things. Like there's nothing worse than getting a bill, you know, mm -hmm. from insurance. But I think the more general wellness things of like, I love spending money on my gym membership. I love spending money on teas that support my digestion and, you know, the fancy sauce at the grocery store. And, you know, yeah. those things that support my well being are a huge way I feel abundant. Where like right now I can see, you know, my B vitamin mix sitting on my office desk and my blue light blocking glasses. And, you know, mm -hmm. I'm seeing these things in my line of vision and there is a monetary cost to them. But for me, investing in my health is like the paramount importance. And so removing that guilt of like spending money on nice quality things that support my well-being is a huge feel wealthy item for me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love that. And I feel like it's kind of buried in there with what you were saying is like getting to choose to invest in your health before you have to invest in your health. Like there's a very big difference in terms of the insurance bill that you get. Not that all of us don't. I mean, we have to go to the doctor and things like that. But I feel like in terms of investing in your health, you're also kind of, it's that preventative measure. It's that like deciding how you want to feel instead of just letting your kind of body and life and stress and circumstances take you. So I love that. Okay. Hit us with number three. Okay. So number three is like the Venmo giving money. So I would love Ooh. to just like send like five to $10 a week to a friend and just be like coffee on me or those kind of things. Mm -hmm. I feel very abundant when I'm giving and mm. you know, that next tier of wealth for me that I'm like so excited about is that next tier of like giving to those I love. Like my friend just had a baby today and my truest, most, most authentic self wants to like Venmo her a hundred bucks or just cater dinner to her house or something. Yeah. I'm not quite there yet. So it's like, mm -hmm. okay, I'll just send, you know, $20 and, you know, a thinking of you and that kind of thing. Um, mm -hmm. but I think having money that I can treat people I love, like I love going to coffee with a friend and paying for their drink or paying mm -hmm. for their meal. That mm -hmm. to me is something, and I used to not be this way because at all. I'd be like, what's yeah. mine is mine. Wait, one of my fries, you owe me 25 cents. You know, like I'm a youngest child. Like I felt yeah. like my whole life, all I had was hand-me-downs. And so like anything that was mine was like, this is mine, but I've mm -hmm. really tried to like have more of an abundant mindset. Like what goes around comes around. And there's a certain friend in my life, we travel with them a good amount. They're a couple friends. And it's like, mm -hmm. one of us might fill up gas and one of us might pay for lunch and no one's keeping a tally. 
Mm-hmm. And that kind of energy, I'd love to get to a place where I can just like be like that in general. And so, yeah, for me, the $5 Venmo um, for coffee is one of my feel wealthy items. Yeah, I love that. And I feel like I've been on the receiving end, and I'm sure you have too, of both kinds of energy behind giving. There is one, the person that gives freely and two, the person who does not give freely. And like, you can feel it so clearly and it just like, doesn't feel good to anybody whenever you have that kind of like tab in your mind or whatever. And I love the idea of not having to have that, but I feel like sometimes we just have that from our lack mindset, our money programming. It's not that we feel like somebody owes us, but it's like, Oh, if I don't hold on to my money, then kind of thing. So it truly is something that I feel like you have to cultivate within your mindset. And it's not just like a, either you are gracious or you're not kind of thing. So I love that you mentioned that. And I feel like it is part of my like thing too is being able to know people's coffee orders which is like such a random thing but I just love like oh I'm out I'm gonna go get coffee I know exactly what my friend wants and I can get Mm -hmm. her her exact like Durango Joe's is our local coffee shop her exact Durango Joe's drink and I know she's gonna be so happy and that like the specificity of it is also like knowing people and things like that so I'm curious, what is your love language? Like your one of your top love languages? Yeah. So mine is words of affirmation. Um, okay. And it's quality time. It's gifts is my last. Oh, um, really? But, okay. Yeah. And so it is, it's interesting because, you know, what kind of came to mind when you were just talking is like the giving aspect, I just, to anyone listening, that's like, oh, I want to mm. give more, but I just don't have enough. You know, I feel that way where like the postpartum example, I wanted to send like a hundred bucks for them to treat their whole family to take out, but that's just not in my budget right now. Mm -hmm. So making peace with that and then being like, oh, but I can still send $5 for coffee or I can still do what you can, like donating to church. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I'm like, oh, I wish I want to give more, but I'm like, I'm very happy and proud of like what I am able to give in this season. So like, don't let great be the enemy of good. Just like treat Mm -hmm. people in the way that you can currently afford to do and like have joy with it instead of being like, oh, well, it's not enough or it's not whatever. It's like, this is what I can do today. And I'm sharing this with like true joy and love. And that energy is more potent than like you waiting and counting pennies till you're like, I did it. I can send a hundred dollars. And it's like, well, you could have been sending $2 or $5 or throwing the change in the donation bin Mm -hmm. all along. Um, And so I think that's a mindset for people with Mm -hmm. giving is we often think we need to wait until it's like, quote unquote enough. And it's like, no, even just a little here or there can be important. For sure. Yeah. I think that is such a word just like in general. And I think like with business, with online business, which a lot of our listeners are online business owners, of course, but it's easy to kind of take the same mindset with the revenue that you're creating in your business. Like, oh yeah, sure. I made X amount, but it's not this kind of thing. Or I can cover this for my family, but I can't cover our entire mortgage or whatever. But it's just like, you're taking away the joy in the moment. And the truth is once you get to that, like paying the mortgage or 
making X amount or whatever, you're still not going to feel it because you haven't practiced it on the way there. So it's like learning to get in the feeling now. I mean, that's what the whole podcast is about learning to get in the feeling now so that you don't miss it when you have it later, because it's on its way to you kind of thing. So, um, okay. I'm curious what number four is. Yeah, I'll be quick. Like so my, my, and the last one was the frame TV. Um, the oh, beautiful. Frame. That's on my Black Friday list. <laughs> oh, that's when I got it. And you save like Ooh. hundreds. Um, yes. But I think for me, what the frame TV represents is like, you know, a TV is great. I love watching TV. Any TV you have is fine, but it's like, it was the choice to invest like an extra few hundred to get a TV that was beautiful, that completed Mm. the room, that like was something I truly wanted. I saw it for the first time at the MoMA in New York. And I was like, it was when it first came out. I'm like, this is amazing. And I added it to a wish list on my phone. I'm like, someday I will have a Samsung frame. And Mm -hmm. like, Again, it was one of those things that spoke to me and different things speak to different people where I'm like, you know what? It does matter to me to spend a few extra hundred and have a TV that is gorgeous and like adds to my room instead of detracting it. Mm-hmm. And it was like one of those first big purchases that I made, even though I knew there was a more logical, a more classic TV that I could have gotten that was just fine and perfectly okay. It was Mm -hmm. more so like, no, I want this and I'm going to invest in this. I love that. And I feel like my husband edits the podcast and I'm going to get in trouble for saying I love that again, (laughs) but it's fine. (laughs) So the other thing that I feel like with the frame TV is that it's like a multi-purpose item because it, you don't just enjoy it when you're literally watching your favorite show. You also enjoy it when the TV's off and when you're living your everyday life. And I think that that is like kind of being able to maximize the use of items as well, like Mm -hmm. in terms of, okay, this is good for this thing. And I can also use it for this. Like we do that with clothing. It's like, how many times am I actually going to wear this thing? Like, can I wear Mm -hmm. it for another event or whatever? So yeah, I feel like it is, I'm very into aesthetics as well. And is this, have you gotten into this part of human design in terms of like your, channels and like all it goes very deep have you explored that I've I've done the mapping and like when I'm when it's in front of me I'm reading it but I know I'm like a four six or so whatever I've looked into it yeah but I don't know it off the top of my head okay you might dig a little bit deeper because some of my it was either my channels or something weird like that like I'm definitely not an expert in it at all but Mm -hmm. a lot of my things indicated aesthetics like that I just feel at peace with my surroundings are aesthetically Mm -hmm. pleasing. And so I feel like that even gave me permission because my top love language is gifts. I like aesthetically pleasing things. I'm like, am I the most superficial human in the world? (laughs) But it just is part of like owning what you like and owning what feels good to you. And that was kind of the same thing you did with the TV, which I love. Yeah. And I think going back to like Ramit Sethi, to anyone who wants like financial, he's my guy. Yes, he's His great. Book, like, I will teach you to be rich is amazing. But mm-hmm. I just loved, it was such a mindset where like for so much of my life, I'm like, I can't spend money on this. I can't do that. That's too expensive. X, Y, Z. And he's like, what do you love to spend money on? And I'm like, whoa, why have I never thought about that? And so Adam and I did it as a couples exercise and we both picked our own. And for me, it was like, delicious food, like high quality, 
nutrient dense food is something I feel no, you know, like I feel no remorse when I'm going to the grocery store. I'm buying what I want. I'm getting the maybe nicer sauce that's $2 more or whatever. I love spending money on home decor. And then I love spending money on travel. And then Adam's was travel, fishing, like supplies, and then also home decor. Like he also cares what our house is like, or like home renovation projects. And so for us, it's like, we, I do spend more on groceries maybe than the next person, but that is something I love to spend money on. We're like, I don't really get that much joy out of spending money on clothes or, you know, like, like a morning latte. Like to me, that's not my thing. And so I think it's just learning to lean into like what you love to spend money on for date night. Adam and I decided we would rather go on like two-ish nice dates a month that are like, you get the appetizer, you get the entree, you get a few drinks. It's more of like an experience than like any like Chipotle quicker item. So it's like, we opt to pack our own lunches for work a lot. Um, We don't just stop in and grab something because we'd rather save our money for a nicer meal. And that's spending in alignment with our values. And so I love that you said that. And just something that I hope the listener resonates is like your feel wealthy list is going to be unique to you. And like, you're allowed to spend money on things that you want to. That's something I've really had to learn with time where even if I share, you know, a piece of art that's expensive, I'm like, oh my God, people are judging. I'm like, I don't care because I know my finances. I know I save for this. And this thing brings me joy, even if it's not the most logical thing on earth. Yeah. And I think part of the, like creating your own list is such a self-trust exercise because it's like, okay, I'm going to create my list and it doesn't need approval from anybody else. Like nobody else is going to be like, oh yeah, that should be on your feel wealthy list kind of thing. It's literally like, what do you enjoy? How does it make you feel all of that kind of stuff. And I feel like so many of us are looking to social media. We're looking to influencers in general or whatever we're watching to tell us what is important, to tell us what is worth Mm -hmm. the money. And we've kind of lost the ability to tune into ourselves in that. So I feel like that is worthy work for sure. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, it is currently in the future. It is January 2nd, I believe when this podcast is going to go live. And so I know that you have some really great resources for people as they are kind of starting the new year, if they want to start with great intentions, want to journal a little bit. So do you want to share a little bit about those and then we can wrap up? Yeah, you're so sweet. So I have a whole goal setting bundle and it will walk you through like a six step framework to setting goals you will actually achieve. I say this with like pride. I know it's maybe annoying, but I genuinely accomplish my new year's resolution pretty much every year, but that's because I set goals in a super specific way. And so I made that into a workbook. There's habit tracking sheets. There's so much goodness there. So maybe we can link to it in the show notes, but you know, I have time and time again, heard from people that it, it just helped them clarify the how of their goal. Like instead of just saying, Oh, I'm going to do X this year. It's like, well, how are you going to do it? It really walks you through. Um, It's something I do every single year. And then I just was like, wait, 
you know, this is working for me. So I made it into a workbook. Um, I also have habit tracking sheets that you can use right on Google Drive instantly. So like immediate download, you can open it on your computer. And this allows you to say like, okay, I want to take my supplements. I want to drink my water. I want to meditate. You know, those are all health focused, but then each day you do it, you can check and you can see your progress unfold. That is one of my favorite tools I have. But yeah, it's like the perfect way, you know, New Year's can be cheesy, but I really do view it as this like beautiful <laughs> fresh start opportunity. Yeah. And if anything else, just like a check-in with yourself, like what's working, what's not. And then identifying the few key things that can really move the needle. I just, I'm so excited. I'm already excited for it. Yeah. And I, I mean, I used to be a teacher and I also was just a school nerd in general. So I love a fresh start, like the fresh school year and then the new year. And I miss having those like on a regular basis. So I feel like the new year is my only like true fresh start on the calendar. So we will definitely link to that in the show notes. And then if you guys want to absorb all of Kate's genius and just like life hacks, I feel like you're really great at sharing on Substack. We will also link that in the show notes as well. And then can you tell us where to find you on Instagram as well? Yes. And thank you for being so generous with sharing these links. That means a lot. And I did create a specific link for your listeners that gives them 20% off my Substack membership. So if you like what I'm sharing today, I would love to have you join the party and just welcome you and thank you with a little discount. And you can find that at kateescreet.substack.com slash pod. Not the catchiest URL ever, but rule with me. So it's kateescreet.substack.com slash pod. Um, but otherwise I'm on Instagram at kate.escri. I love sharing there. And just in general, I'm just very grateful just that you're creating this platform to like, just more so pause and reflect, like in prepping for this interview, it really challenged me to connect with like, what is abundance to me? What is, mm -hmm. you know, the things I'm truly seeking. And it's that reminder that like so much of what we're seeking, we already have, or we could, we could even find in 1% moments, like upgrading, like you said, the way we drink our coffee. It's those mm -hmm. small habits, those small choices, the way you do your skincare, you know, the, the bedding you have on your bed. It's like those micro moments that adding a little bit more purpose and mindfulness to them can instantly up-level the way you feel abundant. Like abundance does not always have to do with money. It's so much more of an energy, a way of living, a mindset. Um, and I'm just really grateful that you've created the show. It's, it's a unique thing and something yeah. that, you know, it made me think, I hope it makes listeners think, and I'm just very grateful you had me on. Oh, thank you so much for sharing that. And I honestly, I mean, that's a mic drop at the end of the episode. So we can leave it at that for the listeners. And thank you so much for sharing your time with me today. I really, really appreciate it. And I can't wait to talk to you more in the future. Thanks, Jess. Thank you so much for listening in on this episode of the Feel Wealthy Show. If you love it here, then be sure to leave a five-star rating or review for the podcast. When you leave a five-star rating or review, you'll actually be entered to win the Feel Wealthy feature of the month. That's where I snail mail you something from my very own Feel Wealthy list as a thank you for supporting the podcast. 
I'm also a firm believer that the highest form of flattery is a recommendation. So I would be honored if you'd shout us out on Instagram. Be sure to tag me at Jess Jordana so I can gush in thanks in the DMs. It really means so much. We'll be back next week with another episode. Until then, I hope you remember that an absolutely essential part of creating real tangible wealth in your life is choosing to feel wealthy now instead of waiting for later. Talk to you soon.